Welcome to The War from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, uh, the end of the war sent many people over to formerly uh, occupied lands in order to provide relief. One of those countries was Denmark. Jean Herschel had been the beloved star of the Dr. Christian program for a decade. It had uh, sprung out of a series of movies he'd done about the Dion uh, quintuplets. And so he played the kindly small-town doctor, Dr. Christian. The series began as just kind of typical family drama. However, it introduced a very interesting um, gimmick where listeners got to choose the scripts. So that's what we're going to hear today, but it will be Dr. Christian without Dr. Christian. Rather, Claude Rains will step in to star uh, as uh, Dr. Webb, and then we'll hear from Gene Herschelt after the uh, story. So here now from June the 20th, 1945, is the Dr. Christian episode... The Lady and the Wolf. Dr. Christian's office? Yes, Judy speaking. Oh, Mrs. Redmond, how are you? Mmm, and how do you like being a grandma? The Vaseline Program, presenting a new prize play called The Lady and the Wolf, by Robert Foster of Brooklyn, New York, starring Claude Rains as Dr. Alexander Webb and Helen Clare as Judy Price. Well, I'll bet your daughter welcomes your help. A new mother's apt to be nervous at first. Uh, you say the baby cried a lot? Oh, I see. His skin was irritated. Well, naturally he cried. And you used Vaseline petroleum jelly, Mrs. Redmond? That's just the thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. Vaseline petroleum jelly certainly does bring soothing relief to baby's touchy, chafed skin, especially in the little folds of skin where clothing always rubs. Oh, yes, very gentle. That's what all the mothers say. And Vaseline petroleum jelly is so pure and so safe, you can use it just as generously as you wish. And besides soothing baby skin, Vaseline petroleum jelly forms a protective film to help keep out infection when the skin is broken. Oh, indeed, it does promote healing. Oh, it's ideal. And one thing more, Mrs. Redmond, it's fine for grown-ups, too, when their skin is irritated. Keep an extra jar on hand. Oh, don't mention it. Drop in and see us sometime. Goodbye. The announcement of the winner of the $2,000 Dr. Christian Award for 1945, which was to have been made last week, has been postponed until the return of Jean Herschel, who is in Denmark on a special mission for the America-Denmark Relief Society. <coughs> we hope to hear Mr. Herschel's voice bringing you greetings direct from Copenhagen, Denmark, at the close of tonight's show. Meanwhile, we have a delightful comedy for you called The Lady and the Wolf, with the famous motion picture star Claude Rains playing Dr. Alexander Webb and Helen Clare as Judy Price. This story contains a novel character, ladies and gentlemen. He isn't human, he isn't visible, he never breathes, and he never eats. Yet he talks. 
Oh, how he talks. Here in the studio, we call him Filter, a curious guy who sneaks into the minds of people and tells you the thoughts they're thinking, as you'll discover when you meet him. As the scene opens, we find Dr. Alexander Webb and Judy in a mellow mood, with Dr. Webb looking forward to a few hours of chess at his club, and Judy with time for a date, if she had a date. Much more to do, Judy? Hmm, just this medical article you want nailed tonight. Oh, yeah, there's a deadline. Then I'll put this typewriter to bed, warn the telephone to keep quiet, and home I go. Swell. I'll leave the club in an hour. Oh, what a grand night. For a grand night. And what Arab said to another Arab, have you a date? Oh, this isn't worth a fig. Nope, looks like a lonely, lonely evening at a movie. Oh, quiet, you. Ah, Dr. Christian's office. Hi, beautiful. I beg your pardon, mister. Okay, you can have it. Uh, this is Jerry Mitchell. What a silly reason to waste a nickel. Oh, honey, throw away that ice. I'm the tall, dark, and woo-woo that my friend Tony wrote you about, remember? Sorry, mister, I don't recognize your howl at all. Oh, listen, sister, my pal... Furthermore, I feel proud and honored to announce that I don't know any friends of yours. Well, I know all my friends, and you're darn right. Who is it, Judy? Oh, some fresh guy. He sounds like a one-man wolf pack. Oh, telephone master. Well, hang up on him. I'll tell him off first. Good idea. Teach him a lesson. Honest, Snookums, didn't Tony thrill you about his pal with the wavy blue eyes and twinkling red hair? Mm, just watch me burn him up, doctor. Oh, Tony! Why, yes, now I know. Ah, now you remember. Uh, he promised to send me a trained pet, a skunk or something. Whoa, lady, whoa. a girl, Judy. I'll give this smart boy the business. Wait and see. Pour it on thick. Telephone menace. Oh, honey, that last blockbuster has me rocking. On the edge of a cliff, I hope. Goodbye. That boy has more crust than a pie factory. Well, I bet he won't bother you again. Now to finish this article. I'll take it, Judy. Oh, I'm closer. Dr. Christian's office. Hi, beautiful. Take three guesses. Oh, here I die again. Is that pest still pestering you? Now, what do you say, Lemon Meringue? Couldn't you pinch hit for a guy? Sir, you're speaking to a lady. Lady, you're speaking to a wolf. Oh. Who's winning, Judy? Well, he took that round, but I'm still punching. Well, give him a haymaker. Hang up. You know, honey bunny, I'm wonderful. I'm witty. I ooze with personality. I never eat peanuts at the movies. Is this tripe necessary? You know what a pretty girl said to me only last week? No. Oh, how'd you guess? I pictured myself in her place. Now, look. Don't be antisocial. Who's antisocial? Some of my best friends are people. Well, how about me, Cherry Jam? I said people. Look, as one Arab chortle to another Arab... How, how about, about a, a date, date tonight? tonight? Huh? Doctor, I've got an idea. I'm going to fix this boy, but good. But uh, shooting people is against the law, Judy. You're sure of that? Well, that's what I once heard on the radio. Well, I know something better. Just watch my smoke, Doctor. Darling. Ah, music. I just can't resist you any longer. Well, then let yourself go. Why, Judy. Your voice is so magnetic, so charming, so thrilling. Now you're talking sense. Well, heaven, what happened to the girl? That old black magic has me drooling under your spell. Oh, don't overdo it. Judy, you sure you feel all right? Watch me give this roaming Romeo the business. Grab your wings, my love, and fly to me. Oh, boy. 
It's the big white house corner of State Street in the River Road. Judy, it's this address. Don't worry, Doctor. I'm not through yet. Yeah, that's what frightens me. I'll be over in two shakes, Candy Mint. Oh, swell, taffy drip. That'll give me time to change my wig. Change your which? And especially for you, I wear my new teeth. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Ha-ha! A light begins to dawn. Hey, you're, you're kidding, aren't you? I mean, you're not really Frankenstein's sister. No, of course not, Plum Puddin' Pie. That gal's a bag of bones. I'm solid. You're what? 300 pounds of sweetness and roast beef. That'll fix him. Now, see here, little girl. Of course, I can't dance much, account of I'm bow-legged. But you'd hardly notice my pop eyes in a dark movie. Wonderful, Judy, wonderful. Yump and yimini, yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. for you tall, dark, and woo-woo, won't you all? Um, uh, now look here, madam. Let's not do anything hasty. Well, keep on going, Judy. Uh, maybe you're too young to be dating with a strange guy. Young? Oh, dearie, I've got a granddaughter in Berlin. You have? Well, maybe you better give me her number. Nothing doing, Tootsie. What's in your mind? All mine. Hurry right over, chocolate custard. He has a lot of nerve trying to make a telephone tape with somebody he's never even met. Yes, a worm in snake's clothing. Wonder who that is. Oh, this promised to be a quiet evening. Hello. Hello. I'm looking for a 300-pound dream girl with cowboy legs, go through her eyes, and a detachable toupee. You must be that Jerry person. Uh-huh. Spoken like a sincere enemy. Oh, brother, I hope this cutie is the right cutie. Hold on to yourself, Judy. This boy's the handsomest thing that was ever poured into a junior gray lieutenant's uniform. I must help poor Judy to get out of this. Uh, yes, I'm uh, Jerry Mitchell. You sounded so friendly, I just had to come over. Did you say friendly? <laughs> <laughs> Well, enter. The name is Judy Price. Oh, thanks, Judy. Oh, them eyes, them nose, them gal. Oh, don't lose your grip, Judy. Blue eyes, curly red hair, and what shows? Just look at Judy's expression. Such loathing and contempt. Oh, uh, lovely weather, isn't it? Oh, how cleverly you express it. I bet this pulse stopper could make a dance floor dizzy. What Lieutenant Jerry could do to a hunk of rumba must be out of this world. Judy can control herself, but not throw the typewriter at him. You know, Judy, you had me licked at first, but uh, suddenly I realized that it must be a gag, so I kept my fingers crossed and took a chance on coming over. I wonder why that old gink over there keeps scowling at me as if I were the seven-year plague. Oh, I wish Dr. Ware would stop glaring like a flog with a toothache. I just keep on smiling in this pleasant, friendly manner until Judy kicks him out of the house. But if he only knew what I'm thinking. Well, Jerry, I want you to know my boss. Dr. Webb. A real pleasure and a privilege to meet you, sir. Oh, the pleasure's all mine, all mine. He's full of castor oil. Fresh young twerp, sour-faced old grouch, obnoxious upstart. Hooray, they're beginning to like each other. I, uh, I hope you folks won't mind my impudence, but here I am on the last night of my leave, and until this happened, it's been as exciting as falling into a coffin. Well, I give you my word, I don't make a habit of pestering strange girls. I hope you'll forgive me, and let's be friends. At least for a while. Well, what else can I say, Jerry? Poor lonely boy. Dr. Webb thinks I'm going to turn stuffy and mid-Victorian with this handsome hero. His diagnosis is 100% wrong. Judy thinks I'm okay, but she's afraid of this old goat here. I just wonder what sort of insulting names he's calling me to himself. 
Well, Judy, my grandmother gave me a pair of ducats for that piano concert at Town Hall. Really? Uh, yes, but uh, on the other hand, I hear anonymous rumors about a sweet dance band at the Savoy Grill. Really? So, <laughs> name your dish. If she picks that mopey piano pounding, I'll bite my tongue out. Bowie on the concert when I can spend a whole evening looking into those eyes. Yes, where Judy hits him with a typewriter, I hope. Well, Jerry, let's investigate those rumors about the dance band. Good gravy, do I hear what I seem to be hearing? Dancing. Swell, Judy. Now, please don't break my heart by telling me you've already had dinner. Okay, I won't tell you. Oh, swell. Everything is swell. Am I right, Doctor? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Why, you sly old liar, you're about to toss a fit. Is this a nightmare, or is Judy gone stark standing mad? Is she really going with that brazen telephone, Casanova? Oh, I get it. Hold on. Why, yes. The poor child is waiting for me to come to the rescue. Oh, I do hope Dr. Webb doesn't butt in now. I must act fast. At least it's nice of the old walrus to keep his two pennies out of this. Don't worry, Judy. I'll get rid of him yet. Uh, Judy... Please come to my file in the other office. There's something I can't find. Oh, certainly, Doctor. Back in a moment, Jerry. What's the matter? Judy, I know a way out. Out of what? How to get rid of this nuisance. I don't want to get rid of... And he's not a nuisance. What? Judy, what are you saying? Oh, I realize that it all started out with all the earmarks of a Bell System romance. Exactly. But this boy's different. He's lonely. And his last night in River's End. And he's done so much for his country. And... Judy, you amaze me. Crushing his morale wouldn't be patriotic. Oh, so now it's patriotism. Certainly. He's in the Navy. Oh, my dear child, if they're not in the Navy or the Marines, you'll find them up in the wild timber country. There's really nothing wrong in I'm it. only thinking of the principle of the thing. And I'm thinking of that heavenly profile. I mean... Oh, can't you see? He's just a lonely kid. Very well. Well, Judy, I'll say no more. <laughs> Thanks for the interest. But I'll handle it all right. Well, see here, Doctor, since we're not using the tickets to the Lachmaninoff concert, maybe you'd care to go. Lachmaninoff never interested me. Well, they say it's pretty hot stuff. Uh, I mean, he's the world's greatest pianist, and the house is sold out. I abhor piano concerts. Well, I'll leave them on this table anyway, in case you change your mind. Hey, I'll help you with that coat, lady. Oh, thank you, Jerry. Well, good night, Doctor. Good night, sir. It's been a great pleasure meeting you, sir. You old sourpuss. Uh, good night, Lieutenant. I hope to see you again sometime. Face downward in a puddle of mud, you sheik. <laughs> My, my. Well, time to start for the club. I must be unfair to Judy. A kind heart rules ahead, but still a telephone flirtation. wonder what she'd say if I did a thing like that. <laughs> oh, well, just picture me doing it. Well, who can that be? Hello? Hello. I wonder if I can still buy a ticket for the last minute off concert. What? Well, why, I believe you've got the wrong number. This is, uh... Dr. Christian's office. Oh, oh! I beg your pardon. I want the town hall. Oh, wrong number. Oh, oh say, uh, just a minute. Yes? Uh, I've just been told that the concert is sold out. Oh, dear. Uh, however, somebody left a pair of tickets in my office. Nobody's using them, so they're yours, if you say the word. Oh, 
Why, really, I... Well, come round, they're absolutely free. But it's not quite ladylike. Ah, nonsense. Be ashamed to stand on ceremony and let two front seats remain idle. <laughs> I'm sure the sight of those vacant seats will throw Mr. Black Mininoff off his beam. Are you sure it's really proper? Oh, definitely proper. I'll send the tickets over by telegraph messenger. Now, uh, uh, what's the address? Oh, thank you indeed, Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Webb. Alexander Webb. Oh, yes. Well, please have them delivered to Miss Isabel Lee at the Hotel Savoy. Yes, Miss Lee. I hope you'll enjoy the concert. I'm, I'm told it's pretty hot stuff. I beg your pardon? Uh, I mean, I'll send them right over. Goodbye, Miss Lee. Mm-hmm. Well, probably some homely old homebody with nothing exciting to do. A concert. <laughs> Give me a fast, thrilling game of chess any time. Now, let's see. I must uh, call the telegraph office. Hey, hold on. Uh, doctor, you'll be walking by the hotel on your way to the club. Now, you uh, mustn't forget the manpower shortage so you can... Uh, Drop the ticket to the desk as you pass by. <laughs> yes, you can drop the tickets as you miss. Whistle while you work. <laughs> Whistle while you work. <laughs> Excuse me, clerk. I'd like these tickets sent up to uh, Miss Isabel Lee. Oh, why, here I am, doctor. Why, uh... Here is who? I've been waiting here in the lobby for your messenger. I had no idea you'd come yourself. Well, uh, I had to pass the hotel on my way to the club. Oh, Isabel, he's not one bit as stuffy and dictatorial as he sounded over the phone. And quite good-looking, too. Well, Doctor, she's not homely at all. Very sweet-looking. Another day over 40, I'm sure. Um, I, uh, I hate to see a pair of good tickets wasted with a war on and all that. A pair? Oh, but I'm going alone. Oh, uh, nobody to, uh, go with? <laughs> no, I'm just the lonely lady you read about in books. Well, what a shame to waste a ticket, and it's like Mirinoff's farewell tour. You don't say. Mm -hmm. His, uh, his farewell tour. He's fishing for an invitation, Isabel. You better, you better find a way out. Well, heavens, I hope she doesn't think she can hook me into going. Oh, and yet, poor lonely man. Imagine spending an evening in a silly club. Gosh, poor lonely soul. Imagine suffering through the dull piano concert all by herself. Well, after all, Doctor, there's one extra ticket. Uh, so there is, isn't there? Don't be a prude, Isabel. After all, both tickets are his. Stop behaving like a jellyfish, Doctor. After all, aren't they your tickets? Well, Doctor? Well, uh, if you, uh, if you think you can tolerate my dull company... Oh, I'd be honored. What are you We're just acting civilized. This isn't a flirtation at all. We're just acting civilized. Uh, ready, Miss uh, Lee? <laughs> ready, Doctor? Why, hello, Dr. Webb. Judy. Good heavens, what's she doing here? Ah, we meet again, sir. Uh, hello, Lieutenant. Well, shiver me timbers when you get a load of the sly old fox. You remember? We planned to have our dinner at the grill. Right, and now we're on our way to the dance. Oh, brother, here's where I wail the tar out of him. Well, Doctor, this is a pretty snappy game of chess you're having. Huh? What? Your chess club, remember? Well, I, uh, I... The impudent sprite. Where did you get off with that crack? 
Well, it's uh, this way, sir. You uh, left those uh, tickets to that wonderful concert. Oh, so now it's wonderful, huh? And uh, my friend, Miss... Uh... Uh, the name is Lee. How do you do, Miss Lee? This is Miss Price, my secretary. Oh, how do you do? And uh, Lieutenant uh, Mitchell or somebody. No, not somebody. Lieutenant Mitchell. I'm glad to meet you, Miss Lee. As I was saying, Miss Lee happened to phone me and... Uh... <laughs> it, it was the wrong number, you see. Yeah, never mind that, my dear. Oh. Go on, Dr. Webb. Uh... Miss Lee and I are great admirers of Raskowski's brilliant technique with the violin. Oh, but this isn't Raskowski. It's like Milanov, Doctor. What? Oh. oh. Oh, really? Yes, really, Doctor. And he tickles a mean piano, not a violin, Doctor. And may I add, sir, that your face is awfully red, sir? Is it? Oh. Oh, well, I happened to shave this morning. Well, we've uh, got to be on our way to Lou, Judy. Have a nice time, both of you. I hope you like the highbrow jive, Miss Lee. Oh, I'm sure we will, young man. Coming, Doctor? Yes, my dear. Well, I'll be a cat's uncle. What do you mean, Jerry? Talk about brilliant technique. Say, I'll bet it was a tinkle, tinkle, tinkle invented by Alexander Graham Bell that brought those two together. Why, Jerry, how in your wildest dreams can you imagine such a thing? Now listen, sugar, it's just a crazy hunch. Crazy? It's downright insulting. Okay, strawberry jam, okay, only... Only what? When his face turned that lovely red, a lady was blushing too. And I'll bet a lollipop she didn't shave this morning. the curtain comes down on another Dr. Christian prize play starring Claude Rains and Helen Clare. Now we are ready to bring you Jean Herschel speaking from Copenhagen, Denmark. Come in, Jean Herschel. This is Jean Hirschold, talking to you from Copenhagen, Denmark. It is with strange feelings that I have wandered through the streets of this beautiful old city where I was born, and it has made me very happy to find it almost untouched by the ravages of war, which has destroyed so many parts of Europe. But feelings are one thing, trying to describe them is another. But I can say this, however, that no American on a visit to Denmark would ever feel that he was abroad. The two countries are so similar in so many ways. The real democratic spirit, the love for liberty and integrity. Yes, these things are the same both in Denmark and the United States. A few days ago, I had the honor of being presented to the king of Denmark, King Christian X. During our conversation, I told the king how much the American people admired him for the wonderful stand he had taken during the five years of occupation. And then I told the king that we in America saw in him the spirit of true, true democracy. He became deeply moved. And when he found out that I was going to make this broadcast to the United States, he asked me to extend his sincere thanks to everyone over there for what they had done for his beloved country. Denmark has suffered during its occupation. It is short of many things, but luckily it is not short of food. 
The Danish government and the Danish people is anxious to help other countries with present Danish food surplus. However, the raw material situation is becoming very serious and speedy supplies such as coal and oil and iron are needed to prevent suffering and to enable them to continue her food production so that she can relieve other countries who are less fortunate. Now I hope to be back with you again next week in New York for our regular Dr. Christian broadcast and until then I'll say this is Stephen Herschel in Copenhagen returning you to New York. And that was Jean Herschel, our popular Dr. Christian, speaking to you from Copenhagen, Denmark. Balmy summer weather is grand, but too much summer sun, wind, and water can have a ruinous effect on your hair. Summer sun can dry out your hair, steal away its luster and softness. But here's how to offset the effects of too much summer sun. Use Vaseline hair tonic regularly to check dry scalp. Keep your hair in tip-top condition. Here's how. Before every shampoo, give your scalp a brisk massage with plenty of Vaseline hair tonic. Then steam with a piping hot towel for several minutes. After the shampoo, smooth on a few drops of Vaseline hair tonic as you would a brillantine. You'll be delighted when you see how bright, how soft and shining, how altogether lovely your hair becomes. Get a bottle of Vaseline hair tonic tonight. Vaseline hair tonic is one of the many Vaseline brand products made by the Cheesebro Manufacturing Company. Owners of the trademark Vaseline. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, I, I guess the episode itself illustrated the um, perils of having an amateur writing contest to determine what goes on in the air. But the uh, message from Herschel was uh, interesting, and uh, certainly... There were many other uh, Americans who were going over, perhaps not in as prominent a way, but still offering relief and providing support even while the war in the Pacific continued. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, KenCurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the great detectives of old-time radio, greatdetectives.net.